0: are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Your Friday show for you. That means your picks in college and pro football are coming already off to not a good start. Yucko the Clown on last night's NFL game. What the hell was that? Anyway, we're going to get to your picks and then talk a little Major League Baseball at the back end of this. So we'll get to all that momentarily. Here we go. Let's start off in college football. I'm 31 28 and 4 on the season. But my best bets in college 5 1 and 1. We pushed last week with Washington minus 3 against Oregon. Let's look to get back on track this week. I got to do it. I'm taking Boston College plus the 4.5. I talked about them yesterday. This has got to be the best bet of the week. Boston College has played six games this year. Five of them have been decided by three points or less. Three of them had the exact same final score of 27-24. They've won two of them. They've lost one of them. Then they had a game that was 31-28 that they won and a game 31-29 that they lost. This team is going to stay in games, period. So let's take BC plus 4.5 at Georgia Tech. I expect this to be a field goal game, and I definitely think BC can win this one outright. So hopefully we can move to 6-1-1 on those best bets in college. Other picks in college this week. I'm 13-11-2 on these other picks. Give me Georgia Southern minus the 17 against ULM. I don't think ULM, Louisiana Monroe, is very good at all. I think last week, I don't want to say they played their Super Bowl, but they were big dogs last week and hung with Texas State, who was one of the best covering teams in college football this year, and hung with them 21-20 on the road. I think playing a back-to-back road game against a Georgia Southern team that was embarrassed by James Madison last week in a midweek game, an isolated game where everyone to see them, and it was basically for first place in the Sun Belt, the two best teams arguably in the Sun Belt, and Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern got embarrassed Forty one thirteen. I think they bounce back in a big way and they blow out the Warhawks from Louisiana Monroe. I have two totals for you in college football this year. I don't think I've given you a college football. Oh, yeah, I have. I did a Penn State under one time. Anyway, we have one under for you and one over for you. I'm gonna go South Carolina and Missouri over 60. Both of these teams score a lot of points. I'm not impressed with either of them's defense. If you look at Missouri's scores this year, they've all hovered around that 60-point mark. Let me uh let me read these to you so you so you know. Missouri. Let's see. Their last 5 games, total points scored in Missouri's games. Against Kansas State, 57. Against Memphis, 61. Against Vanderbilt, 59. Against LSU, 78 against Kentucky, 59. I mean, they're right there, right at that 60 number. It's probably why they have this game at 60 uh, for the total. But I'm going to go over because South Carolina is a team that can score, and I'm not impressed with their defense at all. Their last three games, 67 points, 61 points, and 80 points. So, And they had a game earlier this year that had 68 points. So give me the over. I think it's going to be a score fest. I don't care who wins. Um, but... I was actually thinking of taking South Carolina as one of the underdog plays with the seven points, but I just think a lot of points scored in this game, so give me South Carolina-Missouri over. Give me the Florida State and Duke under 49. Uh, without Riley Leonard, I don't think Duke can score, but Duke is also giving up only, I believe, eight points a game this year in college football. Like their defense is really, really good. Their head coach, Mike Elko, is a defensive wizard. I mean, look at their scores this year. They won 28-7. They won 42-7. They won 38-14. They won 41-7. They lost to Notre Dame 21-14. And they won 24-3. So, 7 points, 7 points, 14 points, 7 points, 21 points, 3 points. Yes, they are playing Florida State. Yes, they're on the road. But I think they put up a good defensive effort. Florida State maybe gets even if Florida State gets 28 or 31, I don't think I don't think Duke scoring 18 or 17 or 18 against Florida State. So, I like the under 49 in this one. Here's a number that is just inflated because of what has happened the last 2 weeks to them and the team they're playing is off a loss. Washington State getting 20 at Oregon is way too much. Because the look ahead for this game would have been, I don't know, 12, maybe 11. But Washington State lost to UCLA at the Rose Bowl. They got blown out at home last week by Arizona 44-6. Oregon's coming off that loss to Washington. I assume they think Oregon's just going to come home and blow doors. Washington State is still a good football team. They don't have any injuries as far as I know. Getting almost three touchdowns is is just a lot. Um, so I'll take Washington State and the Cougs. i will give me 20 on that. And BYU plus the three, I'll take them at home against Texas Tech, and this is strictly a – BYU is a just a different team at home. They're 19-3 and three straight up at home since 2020. So you're giving me three points at home against a Texas Tech team that is under 500 for the season? I'll take that. Give me BYU plus the three. That line has dropped. It was four and a half earlier this week. So I don't like the fact that we've lost a point and a half in value, but that is not uh, – it's just the fact that I think BYU is not going to lose at home. So – I'll take the three, but we might not even need it. I think they went out right against Texas Tech. My three underdog plays. I'm 8, 12, and 1 in these underdog plays. 1 and 2 last week, but my one did win out right, so we're only minus three point minus 3.9 on the money line. But remember, these dogs that I pick, I try and pick touchdown or more underdogs to bet them with the points, bet them on the money line. I... <laughs> I know you're not going to like this one, and you're going to be like, what is your obsession with the Blazers of UAB, Steve? (laughs) Well, um, I'm taking them again this week against Memphis. Give me the Blazers, UAB, plus 6.5 at home against Memphis. I just think that UAB, even though they lost last week and did not cover against UTSA, they outgained them in yardage. They just had too many turnovers. So they cut down on the turnovers. They can absolutely beat a Memphis team uh, at home. This is a big number. They're probably not going to win the game outright, but I think this could be closer, and I think this could be close. And and judging by past history, I'll tell you why I like this game. Give me UCF plus 17.5 at Oklahoma. Yes, I know Oklahoma is undefeated, and they're coming off a bye. You're like, why do you take UCF plus 17.5? Oklahoma, even in their heyday when they were blowing teams out and getting to the playoff under Lincoln Riley, they always had one stinker at home that they lost outright as a double-digit favorite. They seem to drop one of these every single year. UCF is decent this season, but they're getting their quarterback back, John Reese Plumley, who came from Ole Miss. I think 17 and half is a lot of points, and we know, we know, it's factually correct. Oklahoma has blown and lost outright as a double-digit favorite, it seems like, once a year for the last five years. They will always blow one. A Twi- couple times they've done it to Kansas State. I know UCLF is their first year in the Big 12, they're not used to playing Oklahoma. I just think 17 and a half is too much. They are plus 600 on the money line. Maybe you do a half unit on that and just pray for, you know, maybe they get that upset, but I think 17 and a half is too much. And then going to the Service Academy games, give me Navy plus 10 and a half. That seems like a big number for teams that are familiar with each other. They play for the Commander in Chief trophy between Navy and Air Force and Army. This is the first game in the Commander in Chief. I just think ten and a half at home for Navy is too much, especially. And you'd be like Steve. I thought you said last week Air Force is one of the best teams in the nation. They are, but they lost their quarterback. And I saw their second string quarterback come into the game, and they committed two pound. Excuse me, committed two turnovers the first two times he touched the ball. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got a practice under his belt. He's got a week of practice, but. These two teams know each other. They run the same exact offense, so both teams know how to defend the other one. And I just think 10.5 points is too much in a game like this, a rivalry game like this, where they're very familiar with each other. So give me Navy plus the 10.5, sprinkle a little bit on that money line, plus 300. Unfortunately, I already lost our three-team 10-point teaser because, remember, I mixed and matched with New Orleans under, Penn State, Ohio State under, and BC plus the 14.5, Look, it's already a loss. We're 0-1 for the week, but I still love Penn State under 55.5 teased up. I still love BC plus 14.5 teased up, and I would add Florida State and Duke under 59 to that. So if you want to do that and want to have a three-team 10-point teaser, I'm going to do it. It's going to be part of my record, but I'm so pissed that somehow – after going under 12 straight games, the New Orleans Saints just couldn't defend anybody last night. I don't know where that came from, but they didn't. The game went over by five points because we had under 50, and it was 31-24 final. So your three-team 10-point teaser, let me give you two this week in college. One's already lost. We're going to go Florida State-Duke under 59, Penn State-Ohio State under 55.5, BC plus 14.5. All right, let's get to your NFL plays. 21-15-1, and one, but that hurts because last week we went 1-5. and five. We had a good run going there, but just a bad week last week. And I'm telling you right now, most of you, if not all of you, are going to hate every single one of my picks this week in the NFL. And the reason you're going to hate every one of these picks is because every one of my picks that I have this week in the NFL lost last week and did not cover. <laughs> so I'm hoping these are all bounce-back plays. I'm hoping for bounce backs for all of them. My best bets in NFL, not very good. I'm 1-3-1 and one on the season. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles at home. They bounce back from that awful loss to the Jets. Yes, they're playing the Miami Dolphins, but it's supposed to be windy. It's supposed to be bad weather. We saw what Miami did in their one loss this year when they played a good team on the road. Buffalo beat them by four touchdowns. We're getting the Eagles, the defending NFC champions at home under a field goal. Yes, they have not been the Eagles of old. They have not been the Eagles that we saw last year in the NFL during their season where they went 14-3. and three. Jalen Hurts has already thrown seven interceptions this year, so he's not the Jalen Hurts that he was last year. But yet the Eagles are still good. They're still 5-1, and one, just like the Miami Dolphins are. I'll take the home team in this one in bad weather. Give me the Eagles minus 2.5 as my NFL best bet. Your three other picks. I'm 12-7 and in these picks, so these are the ones I'm doing good on in the NFL. 12-7, and not bad, but you're going to hate all three of these because they're all horseshit teams. But if they're so bad, why are these lines so low? Vegas knows something, and all of them are home dogs, and you know how I like home underdogs. Give me the Bears plus two and a half. (laughs) Going back to the bear well. Not only that, we've got Tyler Badgent quarterbacking the Bears. The good thing is, the good thing is in this, is the Bears are playing in against another backup quarterback. In case you didn't know, it was announced yesterday that Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing. So they're either going to go with Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer. You're telling me you're going to lay points on the road with Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer? I don't care how bad the Bears are. Not only that, the Vegas. The Vegas Raiders are three and three. Are they really going to four and three? I think the Bears win one. I think it's just an ugly game, but give me the points at home. Bears plus two and a half. Here's another giant stinker for you. Give me the Broncos plus one and a half at home against the Packers. I think the Broncos got to get right at some point. I don't think the Packers are very good. Why are they laying points on the road? Do not know. And this one just stinks to holy hell because they lost for us last week as our top play. But we're going right back to them. Explain to me, explain to me why the Indianapolis Colts are only are only at plus three at home against a team that just beat the best team in the NFL. Cleveland Browns are three-point favorites in Indianapolis, a team that just lost by 17 in Jacksonville, who has Gardner Minshew as their quarterback, Anthony Richardson out for the year, and the Colts are only plus three at home? This is an absolutely everyone and their mother is going to be on Cleveland. I'm going to go the other way. Hey, maybe Cleveland comes in with that really, really good defense and just stymies the Colts. But this line stinks. Three points for the Colts who aren't very good? I I think this is a letdown game. This is The only way to explain this line is Vegas sees this as a complete letdown for Cleveland. They just beat the best team in the NFL last week, and now they got to go on the road and play a bad team, and they're only laying three. Give me the Colts. My underdog play of the week, I'm four and two on these plays, so I've also done really well on these. We're at plus 3.9 on the money line on these plays. Another team that didn't cover for us this past week. (laughs) Give me the Chargers plus five on the road at Kansas City. There's a thing that goes around with Patrick Mahomes is when he's laying more than a field goal in Kansas City, he doesn't have a good record against the spread. He wins, but they don't blow teams out. And not that they need to blow somebody out. They just need to win this game by six. But I think the Chargers are in desperation mode, and they always seem to play the uh, the Chiefs very close. This always seems to be anywhere between a three- and seven-point game. I'll take the Chargers plus five, plus 195 on the money line as well. Your three-team, 10-point teaser in the NFL. Let's go Bills minus two. I just don't see any way they're losing, basically, to the New England Patriots in New England. Get the Chargers up to 15. I don't think the Chargers, if they lose to the Chiefs, are going to get blown out. And let's bump up the Bears to 12.5 because I think that game between the Bears and the Vegas Raiders is just going to be an ugly rock fight. That's something like 17-16 or 2016, 2017, something like that. I just, I don't see the Vegas Raiders winning by 13 points on the road, even if it is against Tyler Badgent and the Bears. So your three-team 10-point teas. are on four and three on these in the NFL this year. Bills minus two, Chargers plus 15, Bears plus 12 and a half. Do with those as you please. Hopefully, we got some winners for you this week. Get back on track. Overall, I'm 52-43 and five. So a little bit over 53% this year, which is what you need to win in gambling. But of course, I'd like to be better because just a couple weeks ago, I was hitting over 60% combined. Had a couple struggles here the past two weeks, but get some winners for you this week. I know those NFL plays stink to high heaven. I know you're just going to be like, I ain't fucking betting the Bears, the Broncos, and the Colts, Steve. Hey, you can tail me or you can fade me. It does not matter. I'm I'm not charging you for these plays. I'm just giving to you free, but and, I, and I'm not going to try and sound like a know it all here, but I've been doing this long enough to know these lines just don't make any sense. And you got to bet home dogs in the NFL. They are just a profitable way to go. Maybe I chose the wrong home dogs because there are some other home dogs in the NFL this year or this week. Maybe I chose the wrong ones, but those are the ones that I like and those are the ones that stick out to me. So, Eagles is your best bet. Other picks, Bears plus 2.5, Broncos plus 1.5, Colts plus 3. That Colts line might actually go up if Sean Watson plays, so keep that in mind as well. So if you want to wait and hope it goes up once they announce if Sean Watson is quarterbacking, that line's going to go up to 4.5 or 5. So I'm giving it out at plus 3, so just know that. That's going to be what we graded on. on. Uh, my underdog play, Chargers plus 5, plus 195 on the money line, and three-team 10-point teaser, Bills minus 2, Chargers plus 15, bears plus 12 and a half. Baseball remains just such a very very hard sport to ever figure out. We've we've talked about it for 2 weeks. The Texas Rangers 7 and 0 in the playoffs. They'd only given up 16 runs in their 7 wins. They had outscored their opponents 39-16 in their 7 and 0 start to the playoffs. These last 2 games at home They've given up 18 to the Houston Astros, who kind of have the Rangers' number in Texas. That's now seven in a row the Astros have won in Texas, in case you didn't know. And in those seven games that they've won in Texas, they've outscored the Rangers by 42 runs 74 to 32. You know, in September, Houston came into Texas. I told you about this before the series started and outscored them 39 to 10 and that put the Rangers three games back in the AL West, and they somehow climbed back into it. They've now scored 57 runs in their last five games at Globe Life Field, have the Astros. And just in games three and four, they've scored 18. Like I said, the Rangers have only given up 16 runs in seven previous playoff games this year. Texas pitchers issued just 15 walks in their first seven games of the playoffs this year. The last two games, they've walked 10 batters. Like, it's... you. you, I'm a broken record, I know. You cannot explain this stuff. Rangers, 7-0, win the first two games in Houston, and you're like, man, now they're coming home. All the momentum in the world. That momentum has been taken away from them. Now they can get it right back by winning today. But shit, even if they do lose tonight, or today, they play this afternoon, 4 o'clock Central Time, even if they do lose this afternoon, I'm not going to say it's definitely over. Why? How could you? They've beaten the Astros twice in Houston. And remember, we talked about this yesterday, the 2019 World Series. It's the only series in the history of baseball, basketball, or NFL. Well, there's no seven-game series in the NFL, but baseball, basketball, and hockey, I believe. I think they included hockey in that because those have seven-game series. Baseball, basketball, and hockey, it was the only series in the history of those three sports where the road team won every game. Washington Nationals won the first two games of the 2019 World Series in Houston. Then they went home and they scored one run in all three games. It was like 7-1, 8-1, and 6-1. So everyone's like, ugh, now Houston's going to come home and all they got to do is win one out of two. And they got beat by three or four runs in both games and the Nationals win the World Series. Only time in a seven-game series the road team won every single game. So... If the Rangers happen to lose tonight, they're going to have to repeat that. That's the only way they can get to the World Series is they're going to have to win two in Houston. So clearly, you want to win tonight. Astros got their best pitcher going in Justin Verlander. Rangers have their best pitcher going in Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery beat Verlander in game 1. Doesn't mean he's going to beat them tonight, but it means at least he can possibly beat them, you know? I mean, Houston just they love playing in Texas. In this seven-game stretch, the last seven times Houston has played against the Rangers in Texas, five of the seven games, they've scored over 10 runs. They're 8-1 and in Texas this year with 26 home runs. Like, I don't even know what you do. I'm petrified. Remember I told you I'm petrified every time Bryce Harper steps to the plate? I'm pissing my pants every time Jordan Alvarez steps to the plate. Like, I don't even know what you do with this guy. Do you just walk him every time? I don't care if there's bases loaded and it's the first inning. Just walk in a run. I'd rather walk in a run than have this guy swing the bat and make it 4 nothing. or at least he's going to get a single and drive in two, probably a double in the cap to drive in three. I I want no part of this guy swinging the bat. He is so fucking good, and he is so dominant, and it's not even just this series and not even just how he owns the Rangers. He's, look at his career postseason stats. He is going to be a beast to deal with every postseason for the rest of his career. God, he's terrifying when he steps in the box. And it seems like he comes up to bat at the worst possible times if you're a Ranger fan or you want the Rangers to win. It's just, you're like, oh, God. Like, I think the key point of the game last night, well, one of them, it was 3-3. The Rangers had fallen behind 3 nothing. Rangers tied up at 3. And they give up a run. They're down 4-3. And it's first and third with... um It's first and third with two outs. Or, no, excuse me, it was 3-3. Jordan Alvarez comes up with the bases loaded. And you're just like, you can't put him anywhere. He ends up doing a long sack fly to center field, makes the Astros go up 4-3. But you have two strikes on Jose Abreu, and you give up a home run. And now it's 7-3, and you're just like, jeez. And that was pretty much all she wrote. The Rangers, in the bottom of that inning, had a chance. They had first and second, nobody out. Corey Seager's up and hits a laser down the first base line, but right to the first baseman. Marcus Simeon gets picked off first base because he was leaning because he thought the ball was going to go down the right field corner. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's a game of inches. If that ball gets by the first baseman, the Rangers are now down 7-4, and they have second and third and nobody out. Instead, it remains 7-3. They got a runner on second and two outs, and the next guy made out. I mean, inches that game changes. And who knows what happens? It doesn't necessarily mean the asses are still going to go on to score the 10 runs that they did last night. You just don't know. Because if it's now second and third and you're down by three runs and nobody out, and you what if you push across those two that inning? And now it's 7-6. Your whole bullpen changes and you just don't know what's going to happen. But essentially that was the Rangers' last chance. And, boy, Corey Seater couldn't hit the ball any harder. It just went right to the first baseman, Marcus Simeon. I, I don't blame the guy. I know it's not like he started taking off running. He was just leaning one way, had to go back to first base, and literally got tagged because his batting gloves were sticking out of his back pocket, and that's what Abreu tagged to get him out for the and double him up. So, I mean, obviously I want the Rangers to win, and it's been just – it was elation after going up 2-0, and now it's just like, are they ever going to win another game? You know? And I said this. I said, look, they're up 2-0. But this is a Rangers team that in the second half of the season was nothing but streaks. You'd win six in a row, then you'd lose seven of nine. You'd win eight in a row or 12 out of 14, and then you'd lose 16 of 20. Like, that's what they did all second half. And so they are the most Jekyll and Hyde team ever in baseball. They just have to, they have to get a good start out of Jordan Montgomery tonight or else they are cooked. He's got to go at least six, probably seven innings because their bullpen is cooked. And the Astros-Bats, once again, just come on fire every time they come to Global Life Field. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Hopefully, we got some winners for you this weekend. Enjoy college football. Enjoy pro football. Thank you all for listening. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.